Chapter Nine of Tom Playfair or Making a Start by Francis J. Finn, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Nine, in which Tom concludes that vinegar never catches flies. For the ensuing two or three weeks, the current of events at college flowed on with scarcely a ripple. Every day Tom seemed to gain new friends. Indeed, with the exception of John Green, he had not a single enemy among his playmates. And even Green's enmity had grown less demonstrative. As the fit preparation for his first communion, Tom had resolved to put himself at peace with the whole world. He now regretted that he had made a laughing-stock of Green on the occasion of their first meeting, and he was on the alert to do something towards closing the breach between them. A slight change in the routine of school life gave him the desired opportunity. Towards the end of October, it was found necessary to make some repairs in the western corner of the small boys' dormitory. In consequence, seventeen of the students occupying beds in that part were assigned temporary accommodations in the attic of the main building, a structure towering high above all its fellows. It was Wednesday afternoon when Mr. Middleton announced the names of those who were to change their sleeping quarters. Tom, Harry Quip, Alexander Jones, John Pitch, green and others with whom our story has not to do composed this privileged number to add a zest to the privilege he allowed the happy seventeen to explore their improved dormitory immediately after class and very quickly after class the brick building resounded to the tramp of multitudinous feet scampering nimbly up the stairs as though on a mission of life and death whoop la cried tom as he burst into the great room seamed and ribbed overhead with heavy beans it's like the attic of a haunted house only bigger isn't it green it's an immense place for fun responded his companion look at all the corners and hiding places we can play i spy here if we don't feel sleepy yes assented tom and at night we might climb out on the roof and count the stars did you ever count the stars johnny nah did you i tried it one night at home when i was lying in bed and couldn't sleep i got as far as fifty-seven and then i went off sound asleep but there are lots more than fifty-seven. I guess there's over a trillion, said Green reflectively. Both felt that their remarks had fairly exhausted their astronomical researches. Come on, said Tom, let's get out on the roof. As he spoke, he pointed towards a ladder which led up to a cupola, rising some seven or eight feet above the roof of the building. This cupola gave access to the roof by means of a small door, which opened at the side and was secured from within by a strong bolt followed by tom green ran up the ladder shot back the bolt and made his way upon the roof i'd like to live on a roof said tom tranquilly as he walked over to the eastern verge and gazed down upon the yard below come back you idiot cried green in what he considered his most persuasive accents you'll get dizzy and keel over i'll bet i won't answered tom don't you think i've ever been on a roof before this one isn't steep like ours but it's a heap higher I say, how'd you like to stand on top of that lightning rod? And Tom motioned with his index finger towards the tip of a rod, which rose above the cupola. Green ran over, caught hold of the rod, and shook it. I wouldn't like it at all unless I wanted it to break my neck. It's loose. Well, do you bet I can't pull it down? It isn't ours, Johnny. I'd just as soon pull it down as not, continued Green. Nevertheless, he relinquished his hold upon it and turned away. Tom had occasion to remember this episode subsequently, 
though at the moment both he and green dismissed the subject so lightly some seven or eight others now found their way to the roof and the conversation made up in great part of oh's and ah's had become quite general and very noisy when mr middleton appeared and sternly ordered all down tom and green were the first to descend followed by the others in indian file the last to re-enter shut the door behind him but neglected to bolt it the omission passed unnoticed i say mr middleton observed tom solemnly i thought you didn't believe in slang indeed i wouldn't advise people to use it in ordinary well sir you gave us a bad example how you told us to come off the roof sir and satisfied with his little joke tom was about to hurry away when he was arrested by mr middleton's voice well sir you'll have to do penance for that joke tom i want four or five willing boys to bring over pillows and bedding the workmen will attend to the beds and mattresses you might get quip and donald to help you all right sir that'll be fun as tom spoke he saw an eager look upon green's face and i say mr middleton he added can't johnny green help us he's willing course was the cordial answer accompanied by a kindly look at johnny poor green there was a real wholesome blush upon his face as he blurted forth some disjointed words of thanks well commented mr middleton to himself as the lads went pattering down the stairs that playfair has unconsciously taught me another lesson i mustn't forget to notice the hard cases now and then unless i'm mistaken green will be in a better mood for a week he's a good fellow green observed as they were trotting across the yard isn't he said tom and so are you added green growing very red as he spoke tom laughed he had succeeded his only enemy was won over tom had brought a diary from home having made a promise on receiving it to write something in it every day that night at studies he opened it for the first time and made this his first entry it happened to be the last also october thirtieth since coming to college i have noticed that vinegar never catches flies today i am eleven years old this year i am going to make my first communion his name is green i don't believe there is anything near a trillion stars End of chapter nine recording by maria therese